All right, welcome on in, guys. We get it going here with our week four recap of the Big 12 Conference and everything that was going on uh, over yesterday. It was a, it was a did decent Saturday, better than I expected, to be, to be totally honest. We're on Periscope, we're on Facebook Live, and we are on YouTube, so thanks for joining us. We're brought to you by betnow.eu. Use the promo code HEARTLAND for a 100% sign-up bonus. We're placing our Big 12 bets there. We hope you will as well. So let's start off with what I believe were the top storylines coming out of yesterday. First off, can we put to bed the idea that Kansas is any good at football? They beat Rutgers who got smoked by Buffalo. I thought that this was fantastic. It'd be good if I had the mic in front of me. I thought it was uh, fantastic when Kansas, the spread came from plus nine to plus seven. I jumped all over the spread in favor of Baylor. Because while Baylor's a work in progress, we all forget that Baylor beat up Kansas last year 38 to nine. Both teams are back with similar players. Baylor's healthier this year, a year more experienced. But for some reason, everybody was jumping on the bandwagon when it came to the Kansas Jayhawks this past weekend. I don't know why. I thought it was ridiculous that KU fans actually thought that they were going to not just compete in this game, but potentially win it. This is still a team that lost to an FCS program in week one. That's what they are. They beat an awful Central Michigan team. They beat a horrendous Rutgers team. Let's not get carried away. They still are probably not going to win a Big 12 game. And if that remains true, then there's no way that David Beatty can keep his job. There just isn't. So uh, Kansas came back down to earth yesterday. They are what we thought they were, as Denny Green famously said. And we can put that matter to rest. Baylor's 3-1. and one. Baylor's going to cause some issues, I believe, for people in the Big 12. I don't know how many games they're going to win. Might be... One, two, three. They got one off the bat here against Kansas. But when you look at this team, the offense is really good. The defense looked improved yesterday. Once again, it was Kansas. But they held Puka Williams in that KU running attack in check. They allowed zero rushing yards in the first half. So Baylor's got to at least be looking at the game, that game and saying to themselves, you know what? We're continuing to trend in the right direction. We're improving. And those are all very good things for this team and uh, for this program. Now, as we go throughout the Big 12 schedule yesterday and we look at some of the things that happened, Kansas State should be embarrassed by itself. Bill Snyder should be embarrassed by himself. It was a pathetic display of football yesterday, and he is continuing to not answer questions um, after the game, or at least not answering them the right way. You know, two weeks ago, I was at the K-State Mississippi State game, and you know, I went into the press box and afterwards I went and, you know, listened to the guys ask all the questions and whatnot. I didn't ask any. I'm kind of the new guy, not the new guy, but I'm not one of the local beat guys. So kind of just listen to what coach had to say. And after every question, Bill Snyder basically said, well, I got to look at the game tape. Got to look at the game tape. Got to see what the game tape says. And that's fine. But I thought that was such a cop out that Bill Snyder sat there and basically said to every question two weeks ago, I got to look at the game tape. Were you on the sidelines or not? Answer the questions. It's not that difficult. And then yesterday, after a 35-6 to drubbing at the hands of West Virginia, you know what he says? There was that controversial fourth and one. Midfield, first half, K-State's down 7-0. And 
K-State, instead of playing the field position game, which they should have done because the defense was playing well, they go for it on like a fourth and one, fourth and inches from midfield. I'm wondering at the time why they decided to go that route and what the point was of doing that, right? And they ended up missing it. They didn't get the fourth and one. Not only did they not get it, you got a running quarterback and you're pitching it out to the left to Alex Barnes, who's not exactly uh, – um, he's a good running back, but he's more of a between-the-tackles type of back. He's not a scat back who's going to go outside and get you the five yards off the edge. He can do it, but it's really not his specialty. And you supposedly have this great offensive line, and still, still they run it outside the tackles. It was a horrible play call. West Virginia ends up scoring two points uh, or two touchdowns after the fact and the Mountaineers roll. And after the game, here's what Bill Snyder had to say about that play, that fourth and one from midfield. What's up, Donnie Wright? What's up, baby? Uh, he says, I can't coach a team that can't get six inches on a play. Now, I know a lot of your wives say that as well, but that's not the point here. When it comes to football, you are basically rolling your team under the bus when you say, I can't coach a team that can't get six inches. Hey, if you can't coach the team, these are your guys. What do you mean you can't coach a team that can't get six, six, six inches on a play? This is your team. These are your guys. They're not just a bunch of people that showed up in purple and white jerseys that you met for the first time. If the team can't get six inches on a play, don't roll the players under the bus, Bill Snyder. This is getting ugly. This team is going to be lucky to win two Big 12 games this year. And you know, at some point, I'm a big Bill Snyder guy. I respect what he did for this program, for this university. But at some point, the local media has got to be able to call out what they're seeing. And they've started to kind of do it. You know, I know they're all, I, I know this is how it works in some college towns where some media guys, you know, you don't want to attack the coach or the team because it's, it's basically like one big family. But at some point, these guys, the local media guys in Manhattan, got to wake up. I, this Bill Snyder, for all the good he did, he could destroy this program single-handedly because of the narcissism and the nepotism of trying to get his son the stupid head coaching job. It's ridiculous. If Sean Snyder wants to be a head coach, he should have been coaching at the D2 and the FB, FCS level 10 years ago, not hoping daddy was going to hand him the job. It's really got me worked up because I love Kansas State. I want them to be good. But, geez, I mean, I'm sitting here and I'm watching Bill Snyder after this game. And I'm like, what is this guy talking And then he says, Alex Delton looked really good. You know, Alex Delton replaced Skylar Thompson, which, by the way, Skylar Thompson was pissed off about after the game if you watched his interview. So here's what Alex Delton did. 7 to 12, 82 yards, 8 carries for 28 yards. Don't let the team the three points in a quarter and a half, which, by the way, why are you kicking a field goal down 35 to three? I mean, are you kidding me? He led a team to three points in a quarter and a half on a drive that started at West Virginia's 30-yard line. He took two sacks on third downs to force longer field goal tries. That's excellent. Is that excellent to you? So I don't want to make this all about Bill Snyder. We have a lot to get to, but gosh, dang. 
Uh, that is the biggest and most frustrating part of what happened yesterday uh, for this Kansas State program. And, and I, I hope that the panic button is finally being pushed by not just the fan base, but some of the boosters, some of the heavy hitters, the local media, because until they get on that bandwagon, it's, it's not going to change. It's not. So I wrote about that as well on heartlandcollegesports.com. You can, uh, you can check that out there. Thanks for joining us, guys. We are on Periscope, you, uh, Periscope Facebook Live, and also on YouTube. So uh, brought to you by betnow.eu. Use the promo code HEARTLAND for a 100% sign-up bonus. I'm using them, and I hope you will as well. Uh, Iowa State, we'll get into that game here because Iowa State, just touch on it briefly, they still are not that team from a year ago. They aren't. I had people pointing out to me, hey, uh, you know, they were whatever, two and two last season. They had the loss to Iowa, the loss to Texas. Yeah, but something about this year's team doesn't feel the same. More penalties, more silly turnovers. It's just, it's not the same team that it was last year. It doesn't mean it can't be, but right now it doesn't look like that team. And uh, Matt Campbell still clearly is trying to figure some things. Oh, we lost you on Periscope. Matt, sorry about that, fellas. Matt Campbell is still trying to figure some things out there on the – ah, gosh dang it. I'm sorry, Periscope. We lost you there for a second. Uh, my, my clip here for the computer lost us. Let's do it this way. Anyway, clearly Matt Campbell has some issues that he's trying to work out, and uh, that remains to be seen how he's going to do it. All right, let's get to the other games of the day. First off, we touched on Baylor, Kansas. We got to West Virginia, K-State, and we touched on Iowa State, Akron. I didn't say what I wanted to say also about um, – about West Virginia. I don't want to take away from what the Mountaineers did yesterday. That's not my intentions here at all. That team is really good. Will Greer is a legit Heisman contender, and people should be pretty pumped with uh, what this team can do this fall. There's no doubt about that. They should be really excited about what this team can do. At the same time, there were a couple of errors. West Virginia should have been up 35-0 at halftime. I, I think that Dana Holgerson will tell you that. A lot of people involved on that team will tell you that. And maybe the week off had something to do with it. Maybe that's the case. But at the same time, there's still a couple of kinks that have to be worked out there for the, uh, for the West Virginia Mountaineers. And suddenly this game against Texas Tech is really interesting. And that's something that I think all Mountaineers fans are going to be watching. They didn't circle that game as maybe one that might concern them, but it should. It should. Uh, you can pop in your questions on Periscope, also on Facebook Live. And we're hearing from you. Are you buying or selling TCU stock? How does Iowa State match up with them? Let's touch on that here. Well, let me first off give you some general thoughts on TCU Texas. Let's get to that. So this TCU Texas game, I had TCU in it. TCU had beaten Texas four straight times. And I know that Tom Herman plays up and down the competition. I understand that. I get that. I do. At the same time, I looked at this game, and I just thought that TCU had too much speed in the front seven to truly get uh, – that would give Texas's offensive line trouble. And I was wrong about that. Also, Sean Robinson is a good quarterback. And something that has impressed me about Sean Robinson over the past couple of games, by far his toughest matches to date against Ohio State and against Texas, is that he bounces back from adversity. He throws a pick. He doesn't seem phased by it. But at some point, you got to be phased by it, right? I mean, it's, it's fair to say you made a mistake. I'm glad you're not down in the dumps over it, but you're not learning from those mistakes. And that's the problem right now for Sean Robinson that I'm seeing. He's making too many errors, and it's great that he's not phased by him, but then he goes out there and he makes the same mistake. 
So I don't know if Michael Collins is someone that Gary Patterson's going to consider at this point in time. They were in a quarterback battle over the summer. You don't want to destroy Sean Robinson's uh, confidence, you know, four games into the season. But I do believe there's something to be said for the fact that Sean Robinson has not learned from his errors over the past two weeks. And Gary Patterson, he's still a defensive guy. He wants a quarterback that, yes, is good and is explosive, but someone who's not going to make the big mistake. And Kenny Hill got very good at that, especially last year. He was not the explosive player that Kenny Trill that people thought he was going to be years ago when he was a freshman over there at Texas A&M. But he turned into an effective quarterback that did not make the big mistake, and that has value. As for Texas, I still think their play calling is really boring sometimes because you have a duo at wide receiver in Colin Johnson and in little Jordan Humphrey who could be the best one-two punch at wide receiver in the conference. I know OU fans are going to get upset about that. West Virginia fans are going to get upset about that. I'm not saying they are, but if they are utilized right, they have the potential to be, and there is value in that. That touchdown catch by Colin Johnson yesterday where he was parallel to the ground was incredible. All you got to do with guys like Colin Johnson and little Jordan Humphrey is get the ball up in the air. Let them go high-pointed and get it. Let them go get up and grab that ball. And I think we're starting to see more of that from the Texas offense, but still not enough in my opinion. The offensive line is looking better. That's allowing the run game to open up a little bit. So this is the Texas team I think a lot of people thought we were going to see. But it even makes the, the uh, loss to Maryland that much more pathetic and that much more embarrassing. It's great that this team is 3-1 and one as they kind of get into the teeth of Big 12 play. That's fantastic. But at the same time, that Maryland loss is going to hang over this team. And it's also going to hang over this conference. Because if Texas ends up being in the Big 12 championship game, which I'm not saying they're going to do, but if they play like yesterday, this team will be heard from in late November. If they continue to play like this, that Maryland loss is going to be a black eye on the team and as a result, a black eye on the conference. So, gosh dang, Tom Herman, if you can just stop playing up and down the competition, maybe just play up to competition instead of down to competition, that'd be great. We'd all thank you here as Big 12 fans, no matter who your team is. Because now, anytime Texas wins a game, you're going to be thinking about the uh, the the – Maryland loss. Typical Pete loves bashing Texas. I'm not bashing Texas. The Maryland loss is pathetic. It gets more pathetic every day. This team has looked outstanding the past two weeks. How did that same team lose to Maryland? It's embarrassing. And the program should be ashamed of itself. They should be 4-0. And if they had won that Maryland game because they were in the top 25 in the preseason, uh, you know as well as I do, Texas will be a top 15 team right now in the polls. Instead, maybe they'll be ranked back in the top 25 this week. Maybe they'll be like 23, 24. I don't know. But you'd have, uh, you'd have OU, Texas, and West Virginia right now in the top 15 in the conference, and you don't because they can't take care of business against pathetic Maryland teams that lose to Temple, who lost to FCS Villanova in the season opener. I'm not bashing Texas. Those are just facts. Uh, more from you on, um, on Facebook Live. Paterno and Bobby Bowden had the same nepotism issues. Yeah, I'm afraid that K-State is entering that, that Bobby Bowden territory. 
And that's concerning. Someone at K-State has got to have the balls to, to say enough's enough. Somebody has to do it at that university, at that program. And I don't know who it is. I don't know if it's Gene Taylor, the AD, but at some point you've got to be able to say, you know what, I think I've seen enough. And Bill Snyder, as all the good that he's done, and he has done so much good, you can't go to your grave telling a football program how it's going to operate. You can't. You know, you come, you coach the team. If you want to give your money back and put your name on the stadium, fantastic. But that does not give you carte blanche on how the program's going to run after you're gone. No. And the biggest problem K-State made was putting that clause in Bill Snyder's contract that said he has a say in who the next coach is going to be. That's, that can't be the case. And K-State bent over for Bill Snyder, and that's, that's, that's the university's fault. It is. Will the Cats win a conference game? Uh, yeah, they'll beat KU. It might be like a 7-4 to four game. Someone will get two safeties there. Uh, that might be what ends up happening. Um, let's see. What else have I got for you here? What else? Questions. This thing has me. West Virginia has a slow start in all three games. I would agree. I mean, you'd like to see West Virginia go out there and just, just first, second drive, put a couple of touchdowns on the board, demoralize your opponent, no doubt about it. Have we even talked about Texas Tech yet? I don't think we have. How about Texas Tech, huh? I, I mean, the Red Raiders are 3-1, and one, and they've been 3-1 and one in the past. I just wrote about this on heartlandcollegesports.com. Just wrote about it. They've been 3-1 and one each of the past three seasons, which is great. But this feels a little different. And the reason this feels a little different is because of the fact that uh, the win against Houston was a really good group of five school. And then also this past win on the road against Oklahoma State, a team they hadn't beaten since 2008, hadn't beaten in Stillwater since 2001. The defense pitching a shutout in the second half was impressive. Alan Bowman was uh, outstanding again. He did what he was asked to do. He had a couple of mistakes with the interception, but for a true freshman, this guy was outstanding. And that's why I liked Oklahoma State in this game. Um, I liked them because I thought that a true freshman on the road in his first true road experience in a tough environment like Stillwater was going to be too much for him to handle. I did. And I was wrong. And that's partially because of the Cliff Kingsbury play calling and how that all went down. He deserves credit for that. But I just, I didn't see it coming. I didn't. And I was very impressed by that. And um, Cliff Kingsbury deserves a lot of credit for the game that he called and how that game operated. You know, the, the counter runs that he was running was absolutely outstanding. And he, he put a lot on Bowman, but not too much. They had 46 passes to 46 runs. I know that a lot of that was because of the fact that, uh, you know, they were up big in the second half and just trying to run the clock and the whole thing. But they actually had the running game to do it. They were using the running game, and they were picking up first downs. It wasn't just three yards, you know, three runs, punt, hope the defense holds. They were gaining ground. Am I worried about Oklahoma? Uh you know, they certainly were not the team last night that we all thought they were going to be and that I still believe they are. 
every team has one of these. I don't know. I didn't think this was a trap game for OU because it's not like they have Texas next week. They have Baylor next week. And no offense to Baylor or Baylor fans, but that's not a game that you overlook an opponent for, at least not right now. They have Texas in two weeks, which is why a lot of people think that the Baylor game can be a trap game. But after how OU played against Army, next week's not a trap game anymore. It's not. What I'm concerned about is the defense and the fact that, well, there's a couple things. First off, Rodney Anderson is a bigger loss than I expected. I thought that Trey Sermon and Marcellius Sutton and TJ Pledger could pick up the slack without any type of issue. And they clearly are missing Rodney Anderson a lot more than I expected. Just that powerhouse workhorse back that he can be, give you a solid 15 to 20 carries a game. He'll rip off five, six yards a clip. Trey Sermon's not that guy. He's not right now. He's not that physical guy that Rodney Anderson is. So they're missing him. Defensively, I watched this game on the Periscope at the end. You know, the second half I was watching on some guy at it on Periscope for free. So that's where I was watching it. I, sorry, you know, there was enough Big 12 football yesterday. I wasn't dropping 50 bucks on an OU Army game where the spread was 33 points. I wasn't going to do it. Um, so I was watching it, and I don't know why Mike Stoops had two safeties high the entire game. I, I don't understand that. Somebody explain that to me. You're playing a triple option team. Why not just use one safety, throw another linebacker in the box, or move your safety up into the box? I, I know that Army can take and has taken some shots downfield. You know, they were passing the ball far more this season than they were last year. I think they had 18 completions coming into this game, and they had all of 20 completions last year. So I get why he was protecting the deep pass, and he didn't truly trust his corners out on an island and guys like Parnell Motley, who was awful last week against Iowa State. But still, this is Army. If you can't trust your cornerbacks in a one-on-one -on -one situation against Army to move a safety into the box, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous that Gundy or that um, Stoops, Mike Stoops, was not able to trust his secondary like that yesterday. And that's partially why that game went as it did. So I, I'm not concerned about OU. I still think that, you know, they're going to be playing in a Big 12 championship game. Every team has one of these at some point throughout the fall. Uh, but certainly a, a lot of OU fans are upset with Mike Stoops. And after last week, they have a right to be. They do. One of our most read articles over the past couple of days has been an article that we wrote in February about firing Mike Stoops or why Mike Stoops shouldn't be fired. It wasn't written by me. It was written by one of our writers about why Mike Stoops should not be fired. So <laughs> clearly people are Googling fire Mike Stoops and our article is coming up from six, seven months ago. Uh, so it's funny how that works sometimes. Oklahoma State, I don't know if Taylor Cornelius is the guy. I don't. I wrote that after the first couple of weeks, but then he blew me away last week against, um, against Boise State. He was able to run the ball effectively. His accuracy was improving. But how many times is Oklahoma State going to run 10-yard out routes and, and Taylor Cornelius can't hit his guy? I mean, you're seeing that all the time from him, and it's getting frustrating, and rightfully so. So I don't know when Drew Brown or if Drew Brown or Spencer Sanders are going to get shots here, but if there's ever a time to do it, uh, you know, why not now, right? Why not give him a shot and see what's going on there with, uh, with Drew Brown or, or Spencer Sanders and see what you got in those guys. I know the corndog nickname is cool and hot and people like him and like it, but it was not effective yesterday. And in a Big 12 where you got to keep up, you got to score points, getting shut out. 
That's not a good look. It's not. Uh, best game next week. Off the top of my head, the game that I'm looking at that is most intriguing to me is suddenly West Virginia and Texas Tech. I mean, K-State, Texas, I don't think it's going to be close. What do we got? Baylor, Oklahoma. I'm trying to do this off the top of my head. Um, you know, you have that game, of course. What did I just say? Uh, West Virginia, Texas Tech. That's a good game. We got Oklahoma State and Kansas. That's a garbage game. And then you have Iowa State, TCU, which is, yeah, that could be good. You know, revenge from last year, TCU, Iowa State. But Iowa State doesn't look very good right now. So I think it's, it's the 11 a.m. game, West Virginia in Lubbock against Texas Tech. You know, Cliff Kingsbury's problem has been that he has started off 3-0 and or 3-1, and and then he goes out and he loses 5-6 or something like that. And then he's scrambling to make a bowl game. So it's time for if Cliff Kingsbury is going to be taken seriously, I'm not going to say he's got to win this game, but you look at what he's got in West Virginia, and then I, I trying to do this off the top of my head. After that, it's TCU, Kansas, Iowa State. So what Texas Tech has West Virginia, TCU, Kansas, Iowa State. He has to go two and two at worst there. That moves Tech to five and three heading into November when they play OU. If Kingsbury wants to keep his job, you got to be five and three at that point and hope you finish seven and five and then win your bowl game eight and five and, and you can, you know, you can bank on him coming back, I think, from there. And he's got the stud freshman quarterback and there's a lot to get into. So uh, any questions? A lot of comments here on Facebook and Periscope. We appreciate that. Uh, anything else that we want to get into? We're glad you guys just talking to each other, which is all well and good. Anyway, I'm going to the – Kansas City Chiefs game. I got sixth row tickets here on the 20 yard line. So I'm going to check that out here in Kansas City. First time going to a Chiefs game. We'll have a lot more written content, of course, coming your way on the website, heartlandcollegesports.com. We'll have, if you don't follow us on YouTube, find us also on iTunes. Go download the podcast as well. We'll get to that there throughout the week. So we have a lot to get to. I can't believe the season's a third of the way done. We also have our power rankings coming out tomorrow. We're brought to you by betnow.eu. Use the promo code Heartland for a 100% sign-up bonus. Thanks for joining us, guys, on Facebook Live, on Periscope. Sorry about that Periscope issue earlier, and on YouTube. Oh, there goes Periscope again. Not meant to be today. Uh, all right. Good deal, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us right here on heartlandcollegesports.com.